Shot short. Rebound tipped and taken by James. Here comes James in the open floor. James grabbed from behind. Count it. Goal 10 and one. And it's up to nine with 104 remaining. What's up, buddies? It is good to be back. It's been over a week since we last talked, and I am glad to be back with you all. I worked the SEC baseball tournament at the radio station, WSR Nashville Sports Radio, and so that's where I was last week, and I then was also in Austin, Texas for a trip that we took this weekend, which is great. I'm going to get to that at the end of the program, but just this podcast is going to be solely on what we saw in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, and then what I think is going to happen in the Finals. Both great series after kind of disappointments in the conference semifinals. I don't know about you all, but I really enjoyed what I watched, especially in the Eastern Conference Finals. I thought that was great. We're going to start there. Cleveland wins 87-79. to That's Sunday, May 27th. A game I got to watch. Ended up staying back. So in Austin this weekend, there was twice where I, Saturday and Sunday night, where people went out and I just chose to stay in and watch the game. Once for dinner and then once, I guess it was both for dinner times. And I was just like, no, I'm going to get something and come back and watch the game. So Sunday night, I'm watching this game. No Kevin Love. He's out with a concussion. Went through concussion protocol. LeBron James played out of his mind. And I wouldn't expect anything else of LeBron James. I actually bet on this game. I thought Boston was going to win. They ended up losing. And I don't know why I bet against LeBron James in Boston. Because as of late, he has torched the Celtics the last four times now they've met in the playoffs. He's come out the victor previous two, remember 2008 Eastern Conference Finals and then the Eastern Conference Semis in 2010, his last game as a Cleveland Cavalier before joining the Miami Heat and then eventually coming back to Cleveland. Those two series, he lost unfortunately, but he's been the victor as of late and he looked absolutely spectacular. Oh my goodness. I mean, you look at his statistics, he goes with just a monster stat line, 12 for 24, he finishes with 35 points, 15 rebounds, 9 assists. Did have 8 turnovers. He did turn the ball over a lot this year. He's going to have to cut that down, down against the Warriors for them to have a chance. But I think this was more about, and, and I'm let me, let me tell you, I'm going to give a lot of credit to LeBron James, and I'm going to give a ton of credit to just Tyron Lue because I think he deserves it because everyone going into that game thought Brad Stevens was the better coach and I still think he is the better coach but I think Tyron Lue outcoached him in this game and I was frankly surprised but if you look at the Boston Celtics 7 for 39 for the three-point line they shoot 17 percent the end of the game there was multiple times where they had wide open threes there was a sequence where Marcus Mark got an offensive rebound and Terry Rozier took a shot I believe Jalen Brown also took a three and they both missed and that would have cut it to one it ended up being four and I think LeBron ended up scoring on the next possession you also have the incredible and one he had where Marcus Morris is trying to hold him down and he still muscles it up gets it in Jalen Brown it off the backboard and it still goes in that was just a sign that God wanted him to win that game he's just incredible and I don't really want to get into the is LeBron the greatest ever in this time? But I think anyone would be foolish to say he's anywhere below three at this point. I just don't see how you could have him anywhere below 
that number in NBA history. I have him at two at this point. I think if he wins the finals this year, I think there has to be strong consideration to put him over Michael because Michael never beat a team to the caliber of the Golden State Warriors. And that's what LeBron James has on his own team. We not only have to look at the other teams that he's playing, but the, the players he has surrounding him. And I always give him a hard time and I always critique him, and I, I'm not the first. I'm not gonna go out and defend him every time and every single time he messes up or anything because that's not me. I'm not a LeBron fan. I think I'm pretty fair when it comes to, I guess, quote unquote, trajecting where he's gonna be, assuming what's his fault, what's not, looking at his past games, his past finals, and whatnot. I'm pretty fair when it comes to stuff like that. I think. Like I mentioned before, I'll mention it again, I think he's the second best player of all time with the potential to be number one. Anytime someone says he has no chance of being the greatest player ever, like when Skip Bayless says that, it just is aggravating. Skip Bayless also told me and told a bunch of Vanderbilt students that he's never lost an argument. Take that as you will. I think that's very, very poor taste. I think that's just atrocious why he would say that. I'm not the biggest Skip Bayless fan. I enjoyed his talk, and I... I they really did like it, but I thought that point he made about himself was a little arrogant, and not a little, a little, very arrogant, and I don't think it's true at all. But the Boston Celtics just couldn't get it done, and we've given Brad Stevens a ton of credit, and he deserves it on Boston Celtics teams. I didn't understand it. I was very shocked to see them do that. I thought that Brad Stevens would have them better than, than they ended up, and just at the end of the game, all they were doing is taking threes and letting the Cavs get what they want on the offensive end. It's not like this was a, a back and forth, up and down for less, and closed out a game and closed out a series. And once again, for the eighth straight time, he's going to an NBA Finals. Only five other players, five other Boston Celtics have been to that many. That's incredible. Not Magic Johnson, not Larry Bird, not even who many people assume is the GOAT, Michael Jordan, has ever been to eight straight Finals, eight straight. Magic's been to eight. He's not been to eight straight. Eight or he's at he's at eight or nine. I say eight. He's at eight or nine. So I I cannot give LeBron James enough credit for what he was able to do with this squad because it just this squad is not going to just I I don't think that and we'll get into this in just a bit but I just don't think that they're going to give Golden State. A six or seven game series. I I think it's pretty far fetched to assume that they're going to just of what we've seen so far. Since we're talking about Golden State, let's go ahead and get to Golden State real quick. They win, clinch a game seven after being down, facing elimination in game six. They end up blowing out the rock seven. They go off. Biggest storyline in this series, like the Boston Celtics, Houston went cold from the three point line and could not recover. If you look at Houston, they missed over it was twenty four straight, excuse me, 20 by the Rockets, 27 straight from the three-point line. That is unbelievable. 27 straight missed threes. The Rockets, the highest shooting three-point team in the NBA this season. If you look at the Warriors, everyone characterizes them in that, and they took a lot of threes in this game, but they were making them. 16 for 39 for the Warriors, 7 for 44 for the Rockets. James Harden gets 32 off 12 of 29 shooting. Plays pretty well. Not his best game, but I mean, that's that's not bad. I mean, he gets 32. Eric Gordon has a solid game. 
23, Clint Capella, 20 points. Kind of hurt him down the stretch in free throws. Didn't get anything from the bench. Got three points from their bench. Chris Paul's injury hurt them so much. What's interesting about this is you look at the two. Now, it's a lot harder to play the two-time champion Golden State Warriors in the last three years and expect to win without Chris Paul. But LeBron James lost his second-best player, Kevin Love, and was still able to find a way to win. James Harden lost Chris Paul, couldn't get it done. Had a good first, They had a good first half, but they just couldn't find it in the second. Just the consistent misses. It was unbelievable. And Golden State just turned it on the second half. Third quarter is where they make their money every single year, it seems like, the past couple years. And once again, in the third quarter, Steve Kerr and company found a way to cut the deficit and then eventually take over the game. And that's exactly what they did on Monday night. I actually didn't get a chance, so I watched the Boston-Cleveland game all the way through. I was driving back from Austin, so I just listened to it on the radio. And I get a text from my buddy, and he's like, Houston's just getting out, hustle that ball. And, excuse me, Golden State is getting out, hustled, out, pushed every ball. And I was like, that's kind of uncharacteristic of the Warriors in Game 7. Then all of a sudden, third quarter rolls around, like it often does, something switched. The Warriors took over the game. And we texted him. He's like, nah, that's not the case anymore. And he said, yep, exactly right. So we listened to it on the way to the to Nashville, Tennessee from Austin. I think we were in, so we were in like Memphis when it was kind of getting rolling and then a little after that. Yeah, so about, about that. So it was just a, a flip of the switch. Golden State, once again, is in the A finals for the first time in NBA history like last year. Now it's four years in a row that two teams have met. That's never happened before in NBA history. Think about it. The Lakers, Celtics, you would have thought it would have been them at one point, but it's never happened between the squads, which I thought was interesting. This is a dynasty in the making in the Golden State Warriors. I mean, if they win again, that's three out of four. Kyle, Colin Coward said this is not one of the better teams in NBA history because of the way they almost fell apart against the Rockets. I don't know if that's a great comparison just because certain times teams have lapses, but if they win, they win. I think there is a certain liking and there's a certain greatness about teams that are able to just run through everyone. I mean, I I liked what I saw from the 2001 Lakers when they only lost one game, and that was the Philadelphia Sixers game one where Iverson just went out of his mind for, I believe, like 45 points, something of that nature. And that's, that. don't get me wrong, that's awesome. When you just run through the playoffs and run through the NBA Finals, I'm not going to sit back and say, oh, this team's not that much better than a team that had to win, go to like Game 7, Game 5s back in the day, almost every time. I think that's unfair. But I also think it's unfair when you play a great team like Houston, excuse me, good team like Houston who won over 60 games, who had the best record in franchise history, who had, I believe, the MVP in James Harden. I don't think it's fair to criticize Golden State Warriors for winning them in the seven-game series, especially on the road. They did that on the road. If only Oklahoma City could have done that on the road a couple years back. Kevin Durant would be back. All would be well in my basketball world, but unfortunately, Kevin Durant is a Golden State Warrior, not just for me, but now for LeBron James. Houston would have been a much easier matchup for LeBron. 
even if or even if Chris Paul is healthy, Houston's an easier matchup. Interesting enough, I'm curious to see where Tyron Lue goes game one. What starting lineup he elects to choose. I honestly don't know. I don't know the proper one. I don't know the one that's going to get him the best What I just don't. I think that... I mean, I, you can't go big in this situation. Andre Iguodala's health is a key factor in this game. So is Kevin Love. Because if you put Tristan Thompson at the five, and then do you go small? Do you go LeBron at the four? This is such a unique matchup situation for Tyron Lue. I'm calling it, I'm going to say Ty Lue, because obviously my name's Ty, so I'm just going to go Ty Lue. Going up against Golden State. He's in a tough situation. You remember last year, five games, year before seven games, year before six games. No Kyrie, no Kevin Love, fused back. Full strength win. Kyrie hits that shot, puts him up four under a minute. Then last year, just the domination. Kevin Durant gets his first championship. The joy he felt was awesome. And I commend him for getting what he wanted, which was an NBA championship. This is a matchup for LeBron James. A super team. This is a plaque. This is a medal on his wall that he could hang up that Michael Jordan never could. I'm not one of those guys that thinks that the teams Michael faced were awful in the finals. I think that's stupid. The Suns were really good in 93. The 98 Jazz were really good, and that was an ailing Chicago Bulls team with injuries. Sonics were pretty good in 96. Treble Edge was pretty good in 92. Remember, before Michael dominated Drexler, Drexler was being compared on the same pedestal as Michael Jordan. 91, Magic Johnson. That team was a little aging, but it's still the Lakers, still a dynasty. That was like the Detroit Pistons trying to get past the Celtics in the late, late 80s. They're aging, but you still have the reputation. You still have the glory kind of bassed around you. It's tough to beat legends. And it's going to be tough for LeBron James in this series. I say five games. I think Cleveland wins this in five. Excuse me. Whoa. Back up. Golden State wins this in five. I hope LeBron James makes this a series. I hope somehow, some way, he gets it to a game seven. If he somehow manages to close it out in game six, that would be incredible. I just don't see it happening with the players he has around him. But we are set for part four of Golden State and Cleveland. Are you excited about that? That's the question. Some are not. I honestly would have been excited about a Rockets-Celtics series because you go back to the 80s, they met a few times in the finals. Twin Towers, Ralph Sampson, Nikki Olajuwon, won. And then 81 as well. Sampson was on the team, Olajuwon wasn't. I would have been okay with that. I would have really liked to see Boston and Golden State play. That was my favorite series outcome that could have happened in the conference or excuse me conference finals it didn't though that's okay I'm happy with Golden State and Houston good grief I'm happy with Golden State and Cleveland 
I think it's going to be great. I'm excited, honestly. Even if it's just a five-game series, I think that LeBron James plays out of his mind in every game. You got to cut the turnovers down, as I mentioned before, because if you turn the ball over against Golden State, it's a lot turning. It's a lot different than turning the ball over against Boston. They are going to rip your throat out if you do that. You cannot be careless against the Warriors. Steve Kerr and company will draw up a game plan and eat you alive. And I think Golden State's going to blow Cleveland out of Gate One, especially if Kevin Lum doesn't play. I don't see the firepower. I don't see the ammunition. I don't see the want from the Cavs, especially the way LeBron's played in games one this season. He kind of takes a step back and sees how it's in him. And I don't anticipate the Cleveland Cavaliers somehow finding a way to win the first game of the series. Now, if they do, could Golden State let them? I think it could. Or maybe they just weren't playing fully invested. That's what happens, apathy, when you get to a certain point in the dynasty. And I think they're at the point now with their finals. Now, if they win this one and win three out of four, I think they're going to coast a little bit next year. They coasted a little bit this year, but it's going to turn up a notch. But I hope Golden State, from starting with Bob Myers, down to the head coach Steve Kerr, Bob Nonarch, the GM, then the players, Kevin Durant, Steve Kerr, I hope they know LeBron's not just going to waltz in here and expect to lose. He expects to win this series. The analyst who will undoubtedly pick against his Cleveland Cavaliers. That doesn't matter to him. He's going to roll in this series with the same heart he had in 2007 when that Cleveland Cavaliers team had not a chance against the San Antonio Spurs. Did not stand a chance at all. Awful. None. That was one of the worst finals teams that has ever made it. 2001 Philadelphia Sixers they're up there. I'm trying to think who else. I always do. I like to do this. Oh, 176ers, that team. Probably the 99 Knicks. Not that good. Just tasteless. Absolutely tasteless. But they find a way to win. All, not all credit. Majority credit goes to LeBron James. That's going to do it for the morning fast break. Let's end the show with a weird quote this morning. It's from Bill Walden, the legendary UCLA, Boston Celtics, Portland Trailblazer, and also a great commentator for ESPN. It's McJaggers in better shape than far too many NBA players. It's up in the air whether the same can be said about Keith Richards. See you tomorrow.